This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast, episode 183. Myself, Rick Shields, and co-host Guy. Yes. Did you have a nice holiday, pal? I did, indeed. Nice yes. Bit of, you look chilled and relaxed today. Looks for me deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> You're stressed out. No, I ha- Well, actually, so we had a podcast out this week, didn't we? we that did. was recorded with Dan Greaves, which we're going to come on to later on, because your short game is nothing short of decent now. So, uh, no, it's actually quite good. We're going to come on to that in more depth afterwards. Yeah, I think he's a miracle worker. Quite literally. Um, Magician. You owe him a lot of money for how much um, he's fixed you. I think we sold quite a lot of books for him. Potentially. So I think it's fair game. Potentially, yes. <laughs> it's a good book. Um, I've not read it yet. I've looked at the pictures, though. But I was there in real life, and I've watched the video. So Well, I actually had the lesson off, Dan, and now I've read the book. You've not? Yeah. In a I've, week? I'm about... When I say read it... I've, I've, no, 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 no. I've genuinely actually read it it's by the side of my bed and i reckon i've done at least 80 percent of the book wow so yeah i'm up to the i'm up to like pitching next i thought you said the pictures because that's the best bit <laughs> wow that's I'm good pitching so it's helped me kind of solidify what i learned on the day but yeah hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode uh thank you for sticking with us with the sound i know there was a, a few little um issues we recorded it outside yes which was my call that was definitely my call, but when we're at on site, um, to be honest, it was probably the best place. We could I think have done as it. well, if we were only doing audio, there were some rooms at Woburn that would have been fine. But then we want to do visual as well. Correct. You want a room that looks nice, and, and Woburn naturally want to give us a room that they're kind of proud of as well. And to get the two hand in hand was quite difficult. So and outside it was, a, it was, and it was a busy day. There was lots going on. So yeah. I think the audio still worked really well. Um, but yeah, Dan fantastic session but we we want to kind of dive into a few things um first off thank you for everybody for their messages of concern yes like genuinely i know i got a lot and i know you got uh, yeah, a few as well like people literally saying are you okay <laughs> well it, we'll hold our hands up it was our fault we were planning so last week i was off the week before that we had a filming week which we're going to come on to down we're working in london but more like the watford area we yeah. played at some amazing golf courses the plan was that week was to do a podcast me and you chilling maybe have a couple of beers and do a late night podcast that might have got a bit x-rated uh that sounds a bit weird actually not x-rated um what's the word 18 and over yeah mm, still a bit weird um might have swore occasionally potentially and had a beer or something a bit risque that sounds a bit more weird again <laughs> 
a bit, a bit raunchy. <laughs> yeah. We were going to, basically, we were going to drink and do a podcast. Um, we just drank instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to press record. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, we didn't have a podcast that week. Uh, we did say we were almost coming. So people were like, where's the podcast? Then there was no Break 75 because we had it kind of 80% ready and it wasn't quite where we wanted it to be. So we delayed that a week, thankfully, and it came out really well. I think it did anyway. SNA, which we'll come on to, was an awesome venue. I think, to be honest, we probably something we've learned, I think over the time of doing YouTube, it's been 11 years now, celebrated 11 years last week, is sometimes like now because it's such a beast and you know on the main channel we've uploaded like two and a half thousand videos you know people really see that content as their as their weekly viewing experience correct um and and you know we have to treat it like that now and to be honest we'll hold our hands up we should have we should have uh communicated it better correct you the audience we we, you deserve that correct however unless you actually just Yes, but even then, if you put something on Twitter, a lot of people who watch videos don't use Twitter. If you put something on Instagram, a lot of people... Don't, unless it's actual video saying there's no videos coming, which kind of defeats the object, it wouldn't. people wouldn't see it anyway. But yeah, thankfully, we have got so many videos filmed. Yeah. I could be too many, I would say. Mm. I'm stressed at how many we've got. <laughs> it's good. We're in a good position. We've we've done something new, and we've, we've pin, we landed last week, or two weeks now, at The Grove. I Watford. drove, but <laughs> that's it. <a> you, <laughs> we pulled up. <laughs> I got a helicopter. Of um, no, we 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 based ourselves at the Grove, and from there we filmed several Break Seventy Fives at different places: the Grove, Woburn, Sunningdale Heath, Ashridge. We also filmed the lesson with Dan and did a podcast with Dan. And it's the first week we've done like a block week filming like that for yeah. for an awful long time, and it was good. There was lots of positives out of it. To be rest assured, there's plenty of content in the bank. Yes. Being churned out by the lads at the moment, edited. So for the foreseeable future, and we endeavour to do this for the rest of the year, there will be two videos a week. Yes, and a podcast. And this review channel that people have heard a lot about. And there's rumours. It's almost like an old wives' tale. You heard about Rick Shields' review channel. Oh, that never existed. It, it's coming. It's getting closer by the day. The studio, which is about three doors down from where we are right now, I'm going to say it. It's the best indoor golf studio. Full stop, period. End. Agreed. We've also got a new member of staff who's joined the team to head up that channel. So he's going to do all the editing, all the production. Um... It's exciting. Yeah. It, we, we Our mission for that review channel is we're going to drop a main tour of the review channel studio on the main channel. Yes. So we're going to show you everything that's in the new review studio, which I'm really excited about. And then we endeavor to drop the first review on that channel by the end of May. Yes. So, so thank you already for everyone that subscribed. Yes. Are we, are we, it's up to like 60,000 now. It's something like that. So thank you everybody that subscribed. Our mission is to hit 100,000 within the first month of the channel being uploaded. Uh, Let's get a nice silver plaque in there. And then, like I say, every single week, there's going to be brand new golf equipment reviews going on that channel. It is, believe me, I know we teased this pre-Christmas and we, we, we went a bit premature in the teasing of it, 
but we didn't realize how much went into it it is going to blow your socks off when you see it and a bit like everything we do here at rick shields we want to make it the best experience ever so it's close it's very very close you're right though we just got too excited about it and spoke about it far too soon which is very much like us I, I don't think we really put a plan in place before we set up the channel. No. In fact, we didn't put We got a plan carried away, set up a channel, and it's like, all right, we've got to do this now. But it's going to be exciting. And I think, yeah, we, we've got some ideas as well about what content's going to live on there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be loads. If you are a Rick Shields hardcore fan, there's a few out there, I believe. You can, <laughs> joking, there's hopefully a lot out there. You can subscribe to the main channel and get your big hitters, your Break 75s, your great coaching videos, your playing Challenges into Tour Pro. Tour pros. You've then got the podcast where you get to hear about Rick and his. Daily life, his banter, his <laughs> pulling up to the grove in the chopper. Um, <laughs> Not quite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something about my chopper. Yeah, it's pathetic, isn't anyway. it? And then we've got the review channel. Yes. So there's lots of different channels, and you can subscribe to three, two, or one, or none. Or all. Or all. That's, That's three. three. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit rusty, but it's okay. Things is good. Um, and then in the world of actual professional golf, mm. It was fantastic to see Jason Day won. He did indeed. He's been trending incredibly this year. Well, when he he went off the face of the earth, what was that? And this isn't a trick question, I actually don't know. What was going wrong with his game? A bit of everything, or was it? So he, when he reached world number one yep. in January 2017, he could do no wrong. He was definitely, without question, the best golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. And I suppose to some degree, I wonder how that affects you mentally. You know, reaching that kind of peak. In what sense? Because it, you've reached the top of the mountain. For him, his number one goal growing up of playing as a kid might have been to win a major and become number one in the world. And he achieved that. Mm. And it's almost then trying to reset your targets and your goals. And I think a lot of people listening can probably learn a little bit from this or sympathize with this. When you do reach a certain goal, afterwards you do get a bit of like a... Almost like a goal hangover, don't you? Like, <laughs> Is that how you felt getting a million subscribers? Or yeah, because you, you, you're desperately trying to get to a certain target and a goal. And when you when you hit it, you have that that honeymoon period of like, wow, this is the best thing ever. I've worked so hard for this. And then it's like, what's next? Mm. And in fact, there is actually a book out there and I've read it. I've, I say read. I've started reading <laughs> it. It's called The Second Summit. Okay. And it's all about that idea that there was a business guy, and I think he might have actually worked for Nike. And he basically reached the summit of his business career. And then from that, he was like, well, what do I do next? And he actually kind of came up with a second plan of attack, a, a different business idea to kind of create this second summit. I suppose for, for someone like a Jason there, I'm not saying that this is it, but it might have been the fact he, he reached such heights and it was like, what's next? Mm. You know, some people might have ambitions of 10 majors and becoming n- number one for 10 years but others might have just got to that goal and then not been able to reset reset those goals. Yeah, very true. And that might be like trying to break a certain score. Like if you go out and try and break 100, once you finally shoot in the 90s, it's like, right, I've got to reset those goals. Well, now. That, that's, that's almost to its very definition of why golf is so addictive because y- y- you might take this game up and your first objective might be, I literally want to just play 18 holes and keep a score. That might be your first goal. You do that and you shoot 133. Yeah. It's like, right, breaking 100 is the next goal. The next goal might even just be to make a bogey. Yeah, exactly. Or a par. And, and you do these things and you break... I remember we did a video with John Robbins, who'd been on the channel many times, been on the podcast three times, I believe. I remember him saying, what was it? It was something online that he went, he'd be happy when he could break 90, I think he said to us. And I was like, John, that's a great achievement, but you won't be happy. He's like, oh, I will. And inevitably he shoots an 87 and next thing it's, want to break 85, want to break 80. 
golfers, you never really, and maybe that's the case. If it, world number one is such a pinnacle moment, if you do hit that, maybe it is a case of what next, or maybe it's the pressure of everyone chasing you. Yeah. Maybe that's too much. Yeah, I don't well, know. You've got a target on your back, then haven't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Everybody wants to hunt you down, and that's that's what makes Tiger's dominance so extraordinary. Because mm. like everybody wanted to beat him, and he could still hold everybody well, off. That drove him on, didn't it? It did. There'll be some people, and again, this might not be Jason Day, but there'll be some people you'd imagine who gets that spot and almost can't handle it. Like when people throw away the lead. Yeah. I think another thing as well, from memory, didn't Jason Day go quite through, didn't he go through quite a big transformation with his body and his strength and his physique? I can't really start, remember. I'm sure he started chasing he get, a bit of distance. He did get better shit when he went to Nike. Yeah. I remember from the Adidas stuff. And he kind of started to get a little bit more ripped and started to work on that to try and, again, that might have been his way to try and elevate his his um, game. Because you actually see it quite a lot when, and, and we spoke about this with actually Tommy Fleetwood in the podcast, when you turn professional and you end up becoming on tour, you feel like you almost have to change things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Tommy saying he, he kind of broke away from his coach that he'd been working with for all those years and felt like then you need a new coach or a new caddy or a new equipment deal or whatever it may be. James Robinson, yeah. our friend, talked about it. When you get onto tour, you feel like, you know, there's so much temptation. You feel like you've got to do things differently. And I suppose that could again be the reason why maybe Jason Day, when he reached world number one, kind of like started to look at what do I need to do differently? You know what's mad? I'm just looking here on the World Golf Ranking. In September... He was 182nd in the world, I believe. He's now back up to 20. I mean, his game has really been trending, similar to how Ricky Fowler's game has been trending. I feel like both those two players have done so incredible over their careers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ricky not quite winning out on a major just yet, but I'm sure, you know, there's still time for him to do so. Um, Both kind of lost forms, but both the two talented not to make it back. You know, and it's nice to see that they're actually starting to, you know, make back. And Jason Day winning, I always think his pitching and his chipping is just insane, extraordinary. I think it's good when you obviously get guys who go out on tour and they prove themselves, whether that's by winning countless events, winning majors or, or becoming world number one. I feel like once you've reached those heights, it sounds obvious, but you deserve to be up there a lot, don't you? And the fact that he's now kind of come back and, and is, is a serious contender and, and may well contend this year for the majors. I think it's good. To, he feels like a proper golfer. I don't yeah. know how I'm de- determined proper golfer. It's a bit of a loose He's been definition. there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah, it? exactly. And, you know, to see him doing well is, for me, I, I, I like that. Do you think, uh, there's lots of individual sports, but it's one of the characteristics of individual sports. Your, your um, not performance, your, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like your, your form mm-hmm. is so outrageously important like you could be let's say let's say a footballer for example a lot of football players stay on the team through merit Mm -hmm. don't they you have a bad three or four games you're still not particularly on form really where golf it's so based on form and if you just fall out of that and and it's a snowball effect once you start you know going downhill with your golf it's it snowballs and gets much much worse yeah i think that's if you were a footballer and you i mean let's just say harland now for man city if he went 10 games in a row without scoring he's probably still gonna be in the team isn't he of course he is but in golf if you miss 10 cuts in a row it's quite different isn't it and the other thing with harland let's say he doesn't score for 10 10 games and then on his 11th game he scores he scores mm-hmm. picks that confidence yeah. back up and then next time he's where golf it feels like if you miss if you're a tour pro and you miss 10 cuts in a row 
you're probably likely going to miss the 11th, the 12th. Mm. It just gets worse. And, and then you, you, you're losing your cards. Do, do you sorts. think, though, there's almost... In golf, sounds like there's more things to go wrong. Of course there is. Like, you could be hitting it really well, but your putting's terrible. You can't hold a putt. You could be the opposite. You could be putting very well, but just can't hit the shots you want to hit. You could be mentally. You could, you know... There's, I feel Physically, like... Physically, you might be yeah. having an injury or... Like, if you were... I mean, it's hard to compare, but if you were a footballer, a striker, and the ball comes at you and it's in a an open net you could you could miss it but it's almost so quick you don't have time to panic about it but in golf if you've got a half decent round going and you suddenly start thinking oh that next hole's a tough hole and there's water down oh isn't it going that water left but then there's out of bounds right like your head can go you've got so much time for your head to go it's hard it's intense it, it's e- very very easy to overthink in golf isn't it? i don't get how these guys do it for four days in a row competitively then jump on a plane to wherever, then have a practice round pretty much, then go into it again the following week. I know they don't do it every single week, the top guys, but they do have weeks where it's three or four events in a row. Must be hard. It's It must be incredibly mentally draining. Yeah. On a flip side, Liv mm. was event this year, this year, this week. Few, yeah. Um, DJ won it yes. in the playoff, I believe. Um, and like, it feels like there's a lot of Liv events happening in a, in a, quite a close window at the moment i think there's been was the one wasn't one last week was there so there was obviously orlando wasn't that fat that long ago then they went to adelaide and then um after adelaide they went to singapore and then it's back in tulsa now like it feels like four events in a really short window there's one may 26 and there's then there's developed the month after then london one i think i'm gonna go to london and have, yeah. have a look at it i went last year to see what it was like and as I said then on the podcast, although I wasn't blown away by Liv and I'm still kind of on the fence, which we talk about every week almost, the event itself was great. And I think a year on with what all the learnings and, you know, infrastructure they can build from last time, I think it's going to be a good event to go to. It's Would you ever go to one? But I don't feel like you'll come to this one if I go. No, but I probably why? won't. Only because, again, I don't, at the moment, because it's still very hot topic or controversial i feel like me going whether i'm going for research purposes or whether i'm going as almost a a cynic it will be seen as i'm going as a fan and i'm supporting it and i feel like then a lot of people but oh he's he's bloody live i I get i I seem to be getting Mm -hmm. accused of being either very live biased or very against live or very pga biased or very against pga tour like (laughs) i feel like the, the audience from when i see comments like are either accusing me of being very, very pro-Live or very, very pro-PJ Tour. I can't kind of work it I, out. I think you should go. Because you just need, you need to go. You're going to go... Because we might go to um, British Masters, the yeah. Belfry. You're That's not true. suddenly pro-DP World Tour. I think we'd do a good podcast. I think we should go. Say now, we're going to go as, as as neutrals. And we'll have a day. I'll shave my beard. Shave your beard. Wear some big glasses. Like that <laughs> Peter Griffin sketch. <laughs> it's not actually Peter Griffin. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, that's Rick Shields. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just what someone looks like. Mark me. Jones. <laughs> um, I think we should go. Um, I could drive us. You could source if you wanted to. Oh, no, you can't source it, Liv. You'll be running on top off, running round. <laughs> <laughs> go, you crushers. Crushers for life. Come back with a crusher. I'd love you to get a Liv tattoo. Imagine I hit bloody. I'd end up in London. Liv tattoo. Oh, my God. Go, crushers. Well, like I like to say, the team picker, the team, the team picker pick for me is not a team I can support. I would like to hear your take on it. As a, as a, 
journalists go in as a fan. Just, yeah, because journalists that go, because that who's the guy um, Alan Shipnuck that got kicked out on one of the events? He goes <laughs> as a yeah. He he goes as a journalist, and doesn't mean he's a fan. He's going literally as a journalist. I think we should go, and you actually get a feel of it. And go right, I'm going to see what it's like. I'm going to embrace it. If I like it, I'll say I like it. If I don't, I'll say I don't. Okay. You sold, you sold me. Right, right. good. That's uh, Liv paid me a fortune for this. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you need to get Rick at an yeah. event. That's how easily you can be twisted. Does, no, does I think we should go degree, and try I, it. I do, yeah, I do want to. And, I, and like I say, hopefully, you know, we can talk about it on the podcast for, for the for the right reasons. You know, I want to go as part. I do, I do want to see it and experience well, it. Well, that's it because you can go for it. You can go and ex- you could come back and say, you know what? The event as an event was insane, right? You could love it. But you could also say, but I don't, yeah, I don't agree where the money's coming from. I don't ma- massively care who won. Like, you can have different angles. You could come back and say, I love everything about it. You might come back and say, actually, the golf, standard golf was brilliant, but the, the event bored me. I, I don't know. The one thing I'm very, very interested to know, I've been to a lot of golf tournaments, and I could describe the audience at a golf tournament Yeah, already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've been to some of the biggest, well, the, the biggest ones in the world, the Masters, the Open, the Ryder Cup, and I know what the audience is like. They're mm. all slightly different at each event, yep. but there's obviously a, somewhat of a trend. I'd be interested to see what the audience is like at Live. Yeah, I know you experienced it last year, but that was the very, very first event. I'm, I am intrigued to know. I've thought, while I was speaking, I am listening to you, but I've also thought the best title ever for this podcast, which we won't probably use, but I'm just thinking, Rick Shields goes to Live. How good of a title that would be. <laughs> Let's save that for when when I actually, actually go. go. Okay, uh, no, but let, let's do it. Let's let's see what it's like, and then I think we are debating going to British Masters as well. Yeah, maybe. When see is, that, is that is that similar time? That's frame? soonish, I think. Would it be quite interesting to see the difference in events? And then obviously we're going to be the Open. Yes, which I'm very much very very much excited for. It's on yeah. our doorstep. Do do you feel? <sighs> I feel weird about the Open this year. Talk to me. I don't know if just last year it was so hyped up. I feel like this year you can know you can't even get close to that hype for 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 the open. You're right. Like I feel like last year it was so like the build up of it all, like St Andrews, 150th, Tiger, all this jazz, like yeah. it felt really big and I feel a bit like that's not built built it's hard to replicate each and every year. I think you're right. I think when you had any open at the old course feels different because it's the old course. It's going to feel different. It has to have, it has that feeling of history and it's where golf was invented. With it being the 150th and, and the open and the RNA did a very good uh, job of pumping out that message, you know, this is where it all began and all this kind of stuff. Inevitably, that open felt. 10 times bigger than anyone I've ever been to before. Felt really elevated. Absolutely. The fact that we also went working in St. Andrews about 10 times that year, I think also to us, we, every time we'd go, there'd be a bit more infrastructure, a bit more of a buzz. It was getting closer and closer and closer. I think, sadly, I suppose, off the back of that, what, what kind of goes up must come down, so to speak. It's not like the masses where you can always build every year to some degree because the masses can, in theory, get better every single year. The Open yep. can't. When the Open's not at the old course, it can't be as good as the ones at the old. In my opinion, that doesn't mean the actual event itself can't be. You can have some very exciting ones and great winners, but I think the pre-ex- pre-tournament build-up is always most exciting at the old course. Would you agree? Yeah, no, well, yeah. Uh, more so last year than, yeah. ever, than I've ever known before. I suppose the one before that was 2015. 
I wasn't doing this job. You were kind of doing you, but you probably still weren't thinking of it maybe the same. I also think the opening that five year window has changed a lot. Yeah. Like it's a big event. You meant I remember back in like 2015, you could just rock up on the door and still buy tickets on the day. Yeah. Not the like case now. now. It's sold. Port Rush changed. Well, it. that was that, didn't they have to ballot Port Rush because of the infrastructure? Royal Port Rush changed the open it, in in a way that it's it just magnified the, the eyeballs on it. I believe, mm-hmm. like it's made it more of like people. You know, there's a ballot now. Twelve months earlier, you've got to get you. You've got to apply for tickets. You know. To some degree, it's a little bit of a shame it's not say, as, as yeah. open. I have mixed feelings on it. Because, again, it used to be, you know, if it was a nice Sunday, if it's a nice Thursday and you wanted to go and, you know, you want a fan of golf, wanted to take little little Jimmy who's never been to a golf event, you could almost guarantee you walk up to the door and you buy a ticket. Mm. You can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. you, you have to plan these things a little bit more in advance. It's, it's uh it's yeah, it's a tough one because in one sense I agree. I well I do agree with you. It was a shame that people can't just turn up on the day and experience the open. But it also is a good thing that golf's now got such a fan base where it sells out and it can't be over capacity and they have to put restrictions on the numbers and they have to do it advanced. It's a good thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And people like yourself maybe to blame for that in a good way that you're making golf more accessible and cooler and more people are following it. Therefore it is selling out quicker. Yeah, it is it is it's it's re- since Port Rush it's really, really changed. It's become uh, uh, and there's not a bad way again it's become a commercial monster mm-hmm. like it's really grown arms and legs and it's attracting a much much bigger audience now um, of, of people like you say live wanting to go and watch the open obviously I've never been to the Masters yet but um, the open the experience I think is brilliant I, I would always I know it's quite expensive I think a few of my mates have got tickets this year actually they decided to go they've been put off before about the price of it I think it's 75, 80 quid a ticket now, which is, is a lot of money. But if you want to, you can literally go from six in the morning until yeah. what, nine at night. Yeah. In terms of value for money, it's actually quite good, although it's expensive, if that kind of makes sense. But it's something I would always urge, if you're able to and you're in the area or you can afford to, to go to an open, it's incredible. What do you think at the moment with all of these kind of live players resigning from DP World Tour? Like It seems like it's it feels like a real end of the bump. That's DP it. World Tour will suffer, hundred percent. I, I feel, yeah, I, I, like DP World Tour at the moment. I don't really know what's what's happening with it. No. I'm not finding myself watching it. I, I, I don't know where they've been or what they're doing. Like I genuinely, I, I saw. Was it in? Where was it this weekend? Was it? I kind of want to say Poland, but am I wrong in that? It was. Viv, is that Sweden? I don't know. It feels like it's really lost its way. I, I must admit, I've not been massively keeping my eye. Belgium, it looks like it was. Is that right? Yeah, Belgium, that was it. That was it. That's right. Well, think about it. The, the the weeks where you will watch the DP World Tour is the weeks when you've got your Rory's, your John Rams, etc. playing, which essentially is a watered-down PJ Tour event, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really anything standalone that's different. So, to be fair, if we use a live example again, they've pumped a load of money in it to try and get some of the best players in the world, which they've kind of done to a degree. And at least they've tried to make the format different in the sense of the shotgun start and the three rounds. It's not that massively innovative, is it? But it's a bit different. The PJ, sorry, the DP World Tour is obviously four rounds of stroke play. Some great golf course, admittedly. But I suppose as well, when you're watching, for me, when you're watching the PJ Tour and somebody wins an event, i.e. Jason Day, so in theory, <laughs> he is the best golfer in the planet that week, isn't he, ultimately? Yep. I know you've got live now, but ultimately... 
sounds bad and no disrespect because someone who's won on the PG on the DP World Tour is amazing at golf, clearly. But it's almost like the level down, isn't it? It's mm. kind of like I'm not as feels excited. like a, re- a real, real stepping stone at the it, moment. Well, it is, isn't it? The, the, I'm just looking through the the schedule, you know, and and realistically, the next big event is actually the end of July, end of June, sorry, early July, which is the British Masters, right? And then it's got the Genesis Open, which is a Rolex event. Is the British Masters actually that much of a bigger one? Or is it just the fact that we think it is because it's the British Masters? You're probably right. Yeah, you know it's probably... I mean? They have some decent players there, but I don't know. I can't it's not imagine. a Rolex series, is it? No. Uh, Scottish Open's a good one. Scottish Open's great. You know, normally, because it's the week before the Open, you actually get some of the huge names from the PJ Tour playing in it as well. You've got BMW. The BMW at Wentworth is big. How many actual Rolex series are there now? Five. Yeah, I worry. I do. I don't know what they're going to do because it feels like, you know, because they've built such a strong alliance now with the PGA Tour. If the PGA Tour says we're not including Live, they've got to follow suit. Well, yeah. And obviously, the PGA, the Live players that have resigned. I mean, they are real. You know, standout names for for DP World Tour. Think as well, and it sounds silly, but another angle as well with the I think hurts the DP World Tour is the fact that if you are based in England or, or Europe, or whatever, the time it's on it is is around a Sunday afternoon when most people are demographic. You'd imagine. Let's be honest; it's typically males of, of a demographic of probably thirty to sixty. Let's just say yep. roughly. I don't know the exact, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's that going to be probably busy, maybe playing golf, maybe looking after children at kids' parties, whatever. Whereas the PGA Tour is on much, much later. It's it's perfect time for most people to actually sit down and watch some golf. That's true. So there's a lot of things in it's not in its favour. I also think the big thing that, that I understand why they did it, I'm sure, for money reasons, but the, the changing of the name. Yeah. Like, well, it was, yeah it's fair. I do think it was a real bold move to go from the European Tour, because it could have been the European Tour powered by DP World Tour, but to change the whole name of the tour, it, it does just seem like it's kind of like lost its away a little bit with that as well. Mm. Speaking of tours, though, and exciting golfers, um, I'm hearing rumours of this YouTube Masters. Rumours, indeed. And it's it's hotting up. And I know people listening and watching will be very interested to know on how far we're getting with this, what it looks like and stuff so elaborate we're going to start our own tour yes. the youtube tour where we're going to travel the world and play at exactly the right time for everybody to watch and the the money's going to be good enough for the creators but not piss the audience off yep. um you're going to get to watch it live for free on on any device you just pick up a device and it's, it's on. on it's on um you can watch it anytime you want it's yep. only it's only on for an hour yeah but it's 18 holes squeezed into an hour and an 82 normally wins doesn't it 82 so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the the youtube we are calling it the youtube masters at the moment tbc working title um it is a golf event that is going to be taking place this year with some of the biggest names in golf youtube playing and let's not give too many away right now, but you've spoken to some big, big names who yeah. are keen. We've we've put the feelers out at the moment. We just need to get more confirmation. We we need to get the back end right first, i.e. location, date, all those things, which which we're finalising at the moment. Once we get those through, the likes of, we hope, to bring in good, good. Mm-hmm. Bob does sports. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so it's Rick, good, good, Bob does sports. <laughs> 
playing for an egg cup. <laughs> now, of all of your favourite YouTube creators, there's thousands of channels now. Name three more then. Um, Buster Jacks. Yeah, Buster Jack. No S on the end. This bit's rich. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's staying in. Um, I've got a list. Okay. Read it. It's not on my phone. Oh, really? It's on my laptop. Um, you you throw some out there and I'll say if they're on the list. Peter Finch. Yes. Uh, to be honest though, I'm saying yes. I've not approached them just yet. They, don't, they might say yeah, no. But the, the, um, James Robinson. Yes. Gaz Golfs from Gaz Jody Shaw. Yes. Um, Alex Elliott. Yes. Um, Mark Crossfield. Yes. They're on, they're on this list. Coach Lockie. No. Oh, found one. No, first no. <laughs> they're, they're on the list of people who... They're invited. They will be yes. invited. And yes. it's up to them if they say yes or no. Correct. This is the invite list at Pace the moment. Pace Brannock. Yes. Um, Grace Charis. Yes. What about um, some people that are known within the golf YouTube space that may not have an actual channel, i.e. your Inti Mehmet's? Yes. Iona Stevens. Yes. Guy Charnix. Yes. Nice. You're actually under the Richard's Golf Show invite. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a bit crusty at the end. <laughs> a little bit. Like, Don't be daft. You're like, we're like the 20th biggest channel in the world. Just on just this on channel. The, on the subs channel. Wow. On the podcast channel. Great. So it's exciting then. Um, trying to think who else. There are, there are other names in there, like Tubes and Ange. Yeah. What about, oh, Tubes and Ange, yeah. Big. Big fans of those guys doing some good stuff at the minute. Um, so that'll be three of them, though, because that was Jimmy Bullard. They're all all invited. Um, I actually sent Jimmy Bullard a DM the other day, and he completely ignored me. I it said, might uh, be the fact he sent a DM to me, and I completely oh, ignored him. I just said, because he did a video with Ross Fisher, if you watched it. It was really good. And I messaged him and said, oh, really good video, and he just ignored me. Well, he's not ready, I don't know. And I spoke to Tubes as well. Tubes and always you, gets back to me. You said to Tubes, can you yeah, let I, Jimmy no, know? No, I said he's ignored me. Plug in their channel. Don't watch Golf Life with Tubes and Ange and Jimmy Bullard, actually. Just Tubes and Ange. Yeah, forget Jimmy Bullard. <laughs> Jimmy Bellard. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. I do like Jimmy. No, we can keep it in, but blur that. I did not blur it. Um, keep it in. It's fine. I like right. him, really. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. that will be... It's in the pipelines at the moment. Once we've secured location and date, TBC, very soon, invites will start to be going out. Who would you be most upset if you couldn't make it? If Good Good um, said we've got a filming week, would you be gutted? Grace Charis. <laughs> um, I would probably be most upset if Fat Perez couldn't make it. Fat Perez, he's really doing good things at the minute. Just, just him. As yeah. long as he can make it, there's a tournament. Yeah. And is it not? Is it about the best player? This is what I'm not sure on the format. Is it about who's the best YouTube golf, or is it about a fun day, or is it a bit of both? Well, it might be two days. Okay. And it's going to be looking like a golf tournament mm-hmm. for a scratch winner. Okay. And a handicapped entry. Wow. But the scratch winner is the real winner. So who's your money on for the scratch winner? What about um, Grant and Micah? Yes, they're not in yes. good good, but they're still coming. Yeah, they're yeah. invited. Great. Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that someone like um, Micah might win it. Yeah. Luke Kwan. Imagine good, a Micah good. versus Luke final. I think whatever happens, I, I'd almost like to do it as like a playoff. <laughs> so even if, even if Force a play- someone's five shot, win, wins by five, like, right, well done, mate, you shot a 65 to finish there, but you've got to go in a playoff. A one-man playoff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be good. And then we, we are hoping if we do a second day, having a Ryder Cup-style event, so Team UK and Europe, 
versus USA. You sell me the sizzle. Can you produce the sausage? <laughs> it, it, it's, get, it's growing arms and legs, <laughs> okay. like what a lot of things at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, Let's lot, it, it's logistical. Yeah. It's hard. It's not easy to do for the level we want to do it at. Um, but, but stay tuned. It is. So we started the podcast off by saying we spoke about the review channel too, too early. Let's hope we're not doing that with this. No, this will happen this, this year. Happen this year. Um, nice. And then <laughs> I feel like we're not. <laughs> I feel like we're going off track here. No, it's fine. This is good. Um, what else coming up? So the other thing um, I was going to ask you about is I'm a viewer of Rick Shields Golf, as you yeah. know. I'm a subscriber. Never leave a comment or like videos, but I subscribe. And um, I was watching your recent episode of Break Seventy Five, Southport and Ainsdale. Um, you filmed with that um, young guy Charnock character. I thought oh, it was yeah. a decent episode. Everyone said you looked ripped. Yeah, a bit, um, yeah. bit ripped, bit fat. A bit of a- this message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mix at the minute. You're but bulking. Bulking, yeah. It's a combination of um, eating too much and doing weights twice a week. But it's like baby fat. Baby fat a little bit. Because you've had a baby. Yeah. A bit Put a bit of fat on when you have a baby. Exactly. Need to yeah, produce the milk somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. But, so anyway, I was watching it. I was enjoying it. And I was watching this video thinking, wait a minute, I um, am influenced by Rick Shields, okay? And I went out and I bought a pair of Echo golf shoes because Rick Shields wears them. I'm now watching Rick's Five. Doesn't appear to my eye that Rick Shields is wearing Echo. What's going on? Well, let me clear up those vicious rumours. Okay. Okay, before the lawyers start to come in. Right. Believe it or not, yep. those wonderful golf shoes... Yes. That were comfortable. Yes. Stylish. Very stylish. Elegant. Yes. Are sexy. actually sexy. Yeah, they were. I actually feel like a better golfer wearing them. Yeah. I actually do. Yeah. They are the new Echo 
classics. No, what do they are Echo? They are one hundred percent. Knew they would be Echo. Wow. So yeah, they they are a new strand of shoe that's come out by Echo. That are classic, stylish, sexy, comfortable, make you feel. When I put at the moment, okay, yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm stood more like Cam Smith. Okay, because the yeah, okay, because he that. kind of wears those Fine. white classic shoes, and Tiger's back in a classic shoe as well. So yeah, they're very, very nice, very comfortable, and I, I wouldn't walk across Scotland in them. No, that's fair. I, I think that I draw the line there. Yeah, but for eighteen holes or even thirty-six holes playing golf in them, perfect. If you had a black pair, would you wear them to a wedding if you've got your shoes and you had to wear them? Mate, you could dance in those shoes. <laughs> Slide. Well, they're not because they've got grip. This is the question I've got, though, and I've heard you say this about them, and I trust you, I do, a bit, but are they actually comfy? Yes. Wow. That was, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> so comfy. Wow. They are, if you are looking for a classic shoe that looks fantastic and are comfortable and light and sexy, Echo Classic. Ding. I don't know why I needed to wake no, up. Yeah. You're a bit too sexy, Rick. Take the top off. Put your nipples away. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've got some questions as well um, from our, uh, I'm trying to think of a good adjective, sound listeners yeah. and viewers. Boss. Boss. Uh, really, really good. I do feel we're quite rusty with this podcast today. Do you know I, These are the best, trust me. These, okay. r- rust is what you want. Okay. They must spin. Hopefully so my pants are terrible today. Hopefully you're all enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so do you not think it's good? It just feels a bit rusty in parts. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, so we've not got Matt on it today. We've got Sam behind the camera, and he said it's fantastic. So okay, that'll done. do for me. That's so, yeah, our Facebook um, group members have asked some questions, Rick. So I'm going to give them to you. Fire away. So this one is from a guy. He must be uh, Swedish because it's quite a... Um, his name is Truls, I think you say it. He said, why do I hit my golf clubs straight and far on the range short and curved on the course <laughs> <laughs> the word curved is what sold it to me um i think it, hitting golf shots on a driving range is so different to the golf course like mm. it's actually ridiculously different isn't it yeah i think there's a couple of things one the mat if you're hitting off mats can can really this um disguise a lot of bad strikes yeah. can't they yeah oh yeah absolutely like you Fats can hit and it still bounces up you feel like you could be flushing it on a driving range and off a mat, and you, you, unless you're really being quite, you know, strict with yourself and noticing where your strike is, you could you could fat every single shot. Yeah, think you've had a good practice session. Go to the golf course and not be able to hit it long further than fifty yards. Just on that with flushing, have you? I'm gonna have to give huge kudos here to TaylorMade. Have you seen the half an hour long video of the TaylorMade guys in the range? Is it good? Have you seen it, Sam? It's insane. I saw the Scottish Scheffler and. Um, tiger little chit chit chat about divots. Yeah, is yeah, that, that's that from, from it. That? So it's literally it's a half lo- half an hour long video on the range when they go to the stealth two first tryouts. It would have been filmed quite a while ago now. And there's Rory, there's Tommy, there's Colin, there's Scotty, and then there's Tiger. They're normally filmed in like December. Yes, yeah, so it would have been a while ago. There's the five of them, and literally they, they've got the tour bags laid out for them on the range, full of tailor made product. Obviously with their grip on their shaft, which loads of random heads and. Even Roy a six hybrid, just anything they, they think they might have a little play with in their all their specs. And there's just cameras behind them just filming it for half an hour. And the, the chat they have between them, and what's so funny is although it's a tailor-made advert essentially an advert, really, the way that Tiger is quite dismissive of product, you can tell he just cuts through the BS, like he just knows it's Tiger Woods, he's not listening to your nonsense. But he, he has chats with the, the reps or whatever. 
and then he's hitting shots, yeah. And honestly, you know what? It's really, really good. So I just want to say kudos to Taylor Made for that because, yeah, they like to push marks and stuff down your throat a lot, but that was really good content. I saw the snippet of when Scotty was asking Tiger about taking dinners. Tiger did come across quite like, arrogantly like, not asked. He was in a bit of a strange, I think he was in real pain because for that whole video, he was quite not himself. I mean, I've never met him in real life, but he was, <laughs> no, you know when you see him when he's kind of being quite yeah. jokey and having a bit of, like with JT and he's having a laugh, he wasn't like that. He was quite like serious in his eyes. It looked like he was in a bit of pain. Rory and Tommy were great. They were really good. They seem then, like they got on quite well. Yeah, you, you can tell they do. And then to be fair, they've all quite, quite a good mix now because Colin Marrow is a bit more excited kid and then Scotty Scheffler just almost can't believe he's there. He's just <laughs> chilling. He's just loving it. He doesn't it. seem like he should be there, does he? No, he's it? just chilling watching Tiger. It's, it's, but yeah, it's really good. Anyway, that's a long-winded bit of nonsense that we didn't need to put in this question. Anyway, so that's that on. Why is that? Because it's just so different. Yeah, I, I do honestly think, you know, I was at an event yesterday down at the Grove hitting some shots off grass and, and like, practicing off grass it really does show you where you're striking it you just can't hide when you're hitting off grass and i think it's if you are at a driving range and you're pummeling loads of golf balls off a mat you've just got to make sure that you're really strict where you strike and also spend time hitting off the grass because it makes such a big difference i think the other thing with driving range i think we're all quite clever at forgetting any real bad ones on a driving range like, you'll stand there and you'll hit 100 balls and you remember the really good ones. I actually went to the driving range this weekend with my kids on Saturday with uh, two of them because Pearl was at a party. And they hit 100 balls each. Oh my days. Really, really quick. Okay. Power mm-hmm. tees, it did fly through it. And they were using Top Tracer. They were using the Go Fish game on nice. Top Tracer, which is really, really fun little game. I've not played it before. It's actually really cool. And when they're whacking shots, um, they'll, they'll, they are like... It's unbelievable. They just forget bad ones. Yeah. Like, properly forget them. And they can hit five shots or even just miss a few. And then if they just hit one good one, it's like, wow, look at that. Oh, my goodness. And you're yeah. like, I think as adults, at a driving range, we're sometimes like that. 100%. I think on a golf course, we're very different. Well, also as well, naturally you will be, but your bad shot on the golf course will put you in a horrible shot for your next one. So if you in a shot and he goes into the trees or whatever your next shot you're in the trees so it's like more evident of what you've done pre- to get to that situation isn't it i really think we forget good shots on the course good shots yeah i think we forget about them Disc- almost discard them to really? some degree and only really highlight the yeah, bad probably. ones you know unless you've hit an unbelievable unbelievable yeah, shot yeah. but you generally focus on the on the bad ones don't you i think as well when you're on the range another thing is i do this a lot you think you're hitting it well in the range of strike but actually, if you take a step back and look at the direction of the shot, it's not actually going that close. I'll, I'll be at the range, let's just say, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit a four iron and go, oh my, there's a crunch that. And you actually look at where it's gone and think, well, if that was actually going to a green, I would have missed the green. Yeah. On the golf course, that might put in a, a pot bunker. Yeah. It might not go up and Water down. Hazard. Exactly. Bunk, so it's yeah. like... Out of bounds, the even. The best way of this, and this isn't just another plug for Top Tracer, but the Top Tracer 30, yeah. it's insane how difficult that is. You've got to hit 30 shots in order, and it gives you a handicap at the end of it. I'm sure you've done it yourself. And if you're not on, you see how much 10 yards right or 10 yards left can make a difference. Yeah. You know what is mad, again, taking my kids and went to a top tracer range, is how quick they have adapted to almost technology on a range. Like, they'll hit a shot, they'll kind of watch it mid-flight, and then, and then straight away they yeah. turn into the screen. Um, but it made it, it really did make it fun for them. It's like, good. they really enjoyed this kind of challenge of trying to, 
get these fish and hit these sharks and all sorts. It was good. You know what I was, so I, the weekend, you asked me at the start, I went to Centre Parks for the week and there's actually a driving range out Centre Parks. Yeah. And I had a little wander up one afternoon, so I didn't take my clubs or anything, obviously. And I looked, and to be fair, actually, I was quite impressed. The mats were really good condition. Yeah. I thought they'd be knackered and old, but they weren't. And the range was looked okay. And there was one guy grinding there, a tailor-made cap on. He obviously brought all his gear. And I thought, fair place, he's grinding. And there was a couple, well, there was a family. There was a man, and a, I guess it was his wife, who were maybe mid to late 40s, possibly 50, like a daughter, maybe mid-20s. And they were walking back down to the hut where they hired the clubs from. They had the old hired, battered drivers or whatever. And it sounds silly, but I thought, I wonder what, they're on holiday at Centre Park. It's quite an active holiday, admittedly. You might, might do a bit of whatever, swimming or whatever you might want to do. I wonder what it is about golf that's made them think we're going to go and hire a golf club and whack some golf balls. I think it is just that. It's whacking golf balls, isn't it? Of course it is. Uh, and sorry, did you say that they did one of them look like a golfer? No, so there group? was a random guy on the range yeah. who was a golfer. He was nothing to do with this. There was a couple who were not golfers and the daughter who was like an, a, a, you know, an adult as well. And they'd got a driver in hand each, steel shaft, battered head, obviously just hired it. One each, and they, I'm guessing they had a good time. They were walking back as I got there, so I didn't see them hit any balls. But they've obviously thought out of their day, oh, yeah, let's go to the driving range, let's whack some golf balls. I was thinking to myself, like, sounds silly, but I wonder what it is that sparked that interest, if it's just the idea of just whacking a ball as hard as they can, or, like, why do people that aren't golfers end up going to the driving range? Because if we knew the answer to that, that would maybe would help us get more people doing that. Yeah, I wonder. Do you know what I mean? It's a really good question. Like, why would a random man, his wife, on the holiday, go and hit balls? They could have gone in the swimming pool, they could have gone to do badminton, they could have gone on bikes, segways. But then again, why would they, why would they go and do any well, of exactly. that stuff? But having said that, though, bar the one guy that was grinding and these couple that were walking away, there was nobody else on the range. So it's not very popular, but yet... Yeah, some... I bet the mini-golf was. Yeah, rammed. Because the mini golf there at Centre Parts is one really good, yeah. and it and it's always busy. Yeah, because I think people know what to expect from mini golf. Yeah, they well, kind of know, but do they expect? Would you know fully what to do if you went um, to a driving range? I if don't you're know. But I feel like if I went to driving range as a non-golfer, the one thing I'd want to do is just hit it as hard as I could. Yeah, with a big head. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. That big one, the big one. Where I hit it. Maybe the, uh, isn't there a range round here? What's it called? Booms and swings. Yeah. And that's very much about whacking. Yeah. You have like a tank on the range. It should literally whack balls. And I quite like that. I love top tracer ranges, don't be wrong. I love quite serious golfers ranges. But I love this idea. And I'll tell you what, I went to Trafford Golf Centre, not this weekend, the one before, I think on a Sunday, whatever it was, at a certain time. Nobody there is a golfer. You know what I think driving ranges like that should do? Or, or there should be an equipment firm that does this? Create big whacker clubs. Yeah, big... Thousand cc drivers. Yeah, that's got lots of loft, but the length of like a eight iron yeah. or a seven iron. Because often when you see golfers go to a driving range, it's hard because of the length of the club. Yeah, isn't it? Forty five inches or so, and and they've got a driver head that's a bit battered. But if you add, forget the rules yeah. of it needing to be four hundred and sixty cc. Make it five hundred and fifty for argument's sake. Stick sixteen degrees of loft on it. Yeah, so it still wax it. You still get the big bright colours, maybe. Just to, but you get a shaft length that's like a six iron, that's maybe. Quite a good idea. And and it's just like a any kind of any act any hit it just bounces. Yeah, it just bounces off the loft and goes up in the like, air. Got the bulldozer. Yeah, and even the other thing, have a grip that almost puts your hand somewhat yeah. in the right position. I know there's been grips, training yeah, grips that like have done that, that before, on. but just a dead easy way of just going, make sure your thumbs are there, do that bit, and then, and then just whack it. Mm. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's make one. 
But I'm going to trademark that. The bulldozer. Big whackers. The big whacker. Okay, Rick's, another question. Rick's big whacker. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Andrew Morgan has said, instead of rolling the golf ball back, why not limit the pros to 10 clubs in their bag for tournaments? Would we see uh, more shot makers um, win tournaments? I think there's so many more ways they could limit professional golf than rolling the ball back. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the more I think about it, I think it, I hate it. I hate so much of it. I think driver shaft lengths could be it. I think loft limits could be it. Because it doesn't, it still doesn't feel that different. I'm not sure on the length of shaft. I think that to punish taller players. Yeah, true. But I think like loft limits or... Yeah. Or they could, they, I feel like less clubs would be a good one. Less clubs would be a really good one. Ten, what would your ten clubs be? So basically, taking four out. What four clubs would you take out the bag? We'd have to come up with a different loft setup. I mean, I'd I'd almost just take out like a a nine iron, a sand wedge, and a lob wedge. Take them out. Yeah. So what would you have as a wedge then? So like you still have your gat wedge. Yeah. And your sand wedge. And a pitch. Oh, I'm with you. So you the kind of alternate clubs. Take out a lob wedge, that's one. So lob wedge, gat wedge, nine iron. That's only three, you've got to take one Four more. Four iron, or two iron, or five wood, or three yeah. wood. That'd be quite good, though. It's it would more be creativity. Really good. Or, or do you even just have the most lofted club, it has to be 56. Things like that, there's other ways, I guess, but... Do you think there should be a tour event with only four clubs? I love it. i tell you what, I think there should be a tour event as soon as you lose a ball, you're out. Like, and it would still be lower score wins, though. Obviously, yeah. but as soon as you lose your golf ball, she so could be. You could be on the last six under, and I'm two under. So you're gonna win, but you go in the water. Yeah, and I just par it, so I yeah. win. Yeah, that'd be quite good. Yeah, be that's quite what good. Liv did. what it's just what Liv should do more of. Do you think, or is it, does it get a bit too gimmicky? I actually just feel like it's too samey every event at the moment. That's what I'm saying. Should should the tours do more stuff like this? Yeah. Mm. I really, you know, I feel like there should be tournaments where I know they do um, the Zurich Classic. Is it Zurich Classic where they it's it's pairs, alternate well, shots? I can't remember. I would like, I'd love a tournament where you, you're in a pair, okay, mm-hmm. and day one, I hit all the full shots you put. Mm-hmm. Day two, you hit all the full shots I put. Yeah, like you could even do thirty six holes in a day. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it, I, I just feel like there should be more styles of events but then does it take away i don't know it's it's the only thing it takes away is the credibility of like jason day's win this weekend he was the best golfer on the planet arguably he's not the best golfer that didn't lose a ball correct (laughs) (laughs) or he's not he's not the best golfer with four clubs yeah exactly but anyway it's a a good question Uh, a quick one for you from jamie holland where is the best guinness rick has ever tasted you're a guy likes guinness have you ever ever had a pint and thought hmm that's better than the rest yeah where dublin (laughs) done Standard answer, really, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. home of the home of Guinness. Uh, Stephen Noble, and this is the one I'm picking up because I think there's actually some merit in this. Um, first things first, did you see my Instagram story the other day of my ball speed? No. Did you not see it? Did you see it, Sam? 169. Sheesh. That's at Trafford, not stupid swings. Okay. Uh, just so you're aware of that. that just, <laughs> On the record. Yeah, Stephen Noble said, uh, is Guy still 12 yards longer off the tee than Rick, or has that changed? I actually feel like you are. I was going to say this. Before this last trip, I know. I've gained a bit. I've I a sneaky little bit. I know. I can see it in your eyes, you know. I, I felt like that 12 yards was a bit of a running joke. Yeah. It, one time at Formby Hall and Correct. all this jazz, right? 
and I wouldn't then say for a long period of time I kind of brushed very, it off very, like yeah. whatever. More recently, there's been times where I've gone, I can't hit a driver better. Yeah, keep talking. And yes, you've hit it 10 to 12 yards longer. Yeah. Opening my hips up more. Is that what it is? Yeah. On the way back, still not doing it correct enough. Opening my right hip up more, I feel like I am. And it's honest to God, my ball speed is like 168 at Trafford every shot. Yeah. So I must be in a little bit, I'm still, still massively early extending, but a little bit more rotation. Should I focus a lot more on distance? If you're happy with me being twelve yards longer, if you can I think I need out. to I need to focus more on distance. Should. You're chipping sorted. Let's let's get you be on top. This right. The problem is at the moment, and you'll see this from videos that are coming up. Golf is a weird game. Yes, where it's a lot of spinning plates. Yeah, you got to spin your putting plate. Yeah, spin your chipping, your pitching, your irons, your driver, your yeah. sand saves, your mental game. Yes, all these right. Yes, and when you focus on just one. They all fall down. Correct. And the old buddy smash on the floor and you've got to go and buy a new plate to spin it again. Yeah, I agree. And I've had exactly that recently. Driving was great, putting went off, vice versa. I think that's, again, the addiction. There'll never be a day where everything goes right. Surely there won't be. Maybe there'll be one in your golfing life, but I can't see it. I can't. I'd love to have the perfect I think day. any ability, regardless, we could shoot the best score that we are capable of shooting. A hundred percent, you'll still look back at it and go, "I could have done better." Yeah, couldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Unless you are literally shooting a fifty-nine, which we haven't, we are not capable of doing. No, you'll always look back at it and go, "I could." I don't know, that, do you remember that little six-footer I, I missed coming down the hill, that slippery one? Where I just underread it. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm getting close to having a round of golf where, for me, everything goes well. Then there's always something in there, and even then, there'll be a mental block. I'll yeah. get to a hole and think, oh, "I'm playing one level par through sixteen holes." Big smash out of bounds. See ya. Yeah, I'm not that guy. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, this is a good question, actually. I've got a little take on this. Um, from Luke Jones, and he's put thoughts on the cost of a Titleist fitting at one of their centres. So, ironically, we're just being Woburn is the home of Titleist's what, Performance Institute, whatever you want to call it, the top, as far as I know, fitting centre in the UK. And I believe it's 500 quid for a fitting. Mm. And that doesn't come off the club's. So you're paying five hundred pound, and then if you buy a set of irons, you add the five hundred pound onto that. And from what I understand, they're full. Yes, like I, I, you know <laughs> you what? Can't book in this might moment. go against the grain. I'm completely in favour of it. I'm. I think I've said it on the podcast before. I'm in favour of paying for a fitting. Yeah, I believe you should pay for a fitting. Yeah, and the fitter then provides you with the best fitting information they can, mm-hmm. and that would go as far as even saying your clubs that you've currently got perfect yeah. for you because you've paid for your fitting yeah. so so the fitter's got what he needs out of it he's, he's making money from that fitting which is fine because it's a service if they sell clubs on top of that great but no that driver i'm going to tweet the loft i can't be that driver that's the best driver for you mm-hmm. but do you think you should come off the price no no no, no. if if you, if you pay for a fitting yeah and, and I, I would love to see almost I'd love to see fitting centres where you almost couldn't buy golf equipment. So, so, so it's almost like you go in, okay, and you get fitted for what is going going to suit you, mm-hmm. okay, and from that fitting you get the information that you need. So this is the length you're probably going to mm-hmm. you're going to need. This is the grip thickness. This is the line angle. This is the weight that we believe is going to be perfect for you within your budget. These are the recommendations that you should look for. Mm-hmm. And then off you go. Yeah. And then go and buy them for wherever you want. You've got the information, 
but you're go and they might and they might from that whole almost prescription that diagnosis of your golf sin might go well actually one of the recommendations of drivers we've got is actually the one you've already got in your bag mm. yeah yeah, I think that I get what I think Luke's point on this. Now I'm guessing he's kind of somewhat against it. I don't know if he is or not, but it feels like by even asking the question, he is, which is fair enough. I think some sometimes as golfers, we see it a lot anyway, or I feel like we see it a lot. Certainly, there's questions or people's opinions about price of things, but that's like any walk of life. You know, if if you're walking round in anything other than a a, a Tesco train that costs ten quid, you're paying too much. You could argue, couldn't you? Because a Tesco train at ten quid, you can walk in and get around from A to B. You know, if you drive anything old, better than a four or five hundred pound car that you got second hand, it's you're paying more. You know what I mean? There's, there's always every walk of life. What it is, you can start to pay more, and that might be for exclusivity. It might be for materials. It might be for almost clout. So, you know, a Rolex at 100 grand doesn't tell the time, but in the 10 pound Casio, you weren't that 100 grand Rolex for other reasons, aren't you? And it's like with golf and fitting, you know, you can go into your local golf store, American Golf or wherever, and get fitted for free on this product. That's just part of it. And no disrespect to those places, but the level of fitting will be a certain level. If you go to Titleist Fitting Center at Woburn or wherever, or any brand of fitting center, not just Titleist, we have to pay for it. You're getting access to the absolute best-in-class fitters who know that product better than anybody else on the planet. You're hitting the best golf balls off grass. The experience from getting there and, you know, the service you would, I imagine, never been fitted there properly, but you imagine the service you will get is best-in-class. So you're not paying for a fitting as such. You're paying for that elevated experience. It'd be a bit like if you... I'll use Jaguar... For, for argument's sake at the moment, just because I can relate it easier. If you've got a Jaguar and you need it fixing, and you can you could take that Jaguar to get it fixed at Quick Fix, mm. couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. New tyres, bit of a fill-up of oil, and you go, you go in to get a level of service for a level of price. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to be able to take your Jaguar to the Jaguar F1 team, and straight away they can fix it, put the tires on within within not only the highest possible specs you can possibly get in the quickest time by the most qualified people on the planet to do that. Yeah, you got to pay for that service, mm-hmm. and that's similar to these tightless irons. You're not at the end of it, your irons will still be somewhat the same, but you've had that absolutely first in class best experience you can possibly well, have. well that's it as well i think sometimes it annoys me because you know golf is our sport and i feel like it's part of me and i'm part of it or whatever and we all do we work in golf or play golf when people then get carried away this narrative that golf is too expensive because of things like this were to get fit for irons is 500 quid but that's one of many many aspects of golf you don't have to spend that you know i don't have to drive a mclaren obviously i don't drive a mclaren but people <laughs> you, have, you have two yeah people <laughs> pe- people do you know you can get to work and back in a like I said, a £400 car, that might not be quite as desirable, but still does the job. But same with golf, you know. I like that these options out there because there's some people who will go and spend 500 quid on uh, alligator leather head covers, for example, because they want to. That doesn't mean that golf's expensive, does it? No. So I think it's just something to clear up that if you want that fitting, I'm sure it's great, but it's, yeah, anyway. And the last one is from Chris Gerling, and he says... What's Rick's best ever round of golf? He said, not necessarily your best score. I'm going to throw a caveat in here. You can't say um, Augusta. <laughs> um, you can't. Like the best round, well, score-wise. I, I, I think you can go either way. I think you can go, he said not score. So you could you could see, so you could have a round where you were five under 
got to last and shot a nine. So it wasn't your best round because of that. But up to there, it was the best golf I've ever played. Or it could just be the best round that you've maybe enjoyed the most or that you've remembered the most or however um, you want to interpret it. There was definitely a spell. Was it Was it you that I was showing the other day or someone else where when I was many, many years ago when I was doing the quest for the Open mm-hmm. and, I, and I found I was practicing a lot, playing a lot of tournaments in just local tournaments. I definitely found that I got into somewhat of a of a groove. It wasn't exceptionally amazing, but I actually felt quite confident shooting on the par. And actually, when you look at my PJ record in that kind of time period, I've, I shot some four unders, three unders, two unders, quite nice. quite a lot. It's like I shot four under at uh, Conway Golf Club, wow. had two eagles, and just came second to Phil Archer. Wow! If I I don't remember that round that well. I remember playing well, and I remember my two eagles that I got. But but it was like, I wouldn't say that was my standout yeah. round of golf. It wasn't the most enjoyable, but but it was probably the most control I had over my golf ball ever. That's a nice feeling, though. Yeah, and certainly, you you know, Conway, it's a very, very, very difficult end finish into the round. And I, I was four under maybe through 15, I think. And I was thinking, I'm not going to hold on to this. There's no way. And, <laughs> and I did. Thoughts. I felt like I really could control my ball flight and, and got through some very difficult mm. holes to finish four on the par. Um, so I think that definitely, from a ball control, I think there's times where I've played quite literally with mates where I went to, um, me and a few mates went to JCB Golf Club um, couple of summers ago and it was beautiful weather some pals i've not seen for a long time we had nice we had beers we you know yeah nice round of golf we were staying there for the full weekend it felt it just felt super super chilled and relaxed um i, I really enjoyed the round i played with iona at Crail. yes i that thought was that was special i thought day. it was really really good and more recently i've actually been really really enjoying uh the rounds that you and me have been having with the scramble mm. yeah the break 65s so we did one at JCB. Yeah. That was really like, because it's a very positive round of golf, isn't it? I think it's, I like it because it's a team element. We've played as a team. I want you, if I miss a putt and it's you, I want you to hold it, which is different. I mean, I don't, I never want you to miss putts, but when yeah. you, you know, you feel know, yeah. part of a team, but you still got that kind of individual element that like, if you hit a good shot, it's on you. Or like, if you hit a bad one the night, a good one or whatever, you feel like you've saved the team. It, it's a nice, yeah. yeah. I really do like scrambles. Yeah, yeah. Like we did, we did one recently, which is going to be coming out in a few weeks at Woburn. Um, funny, we've just been talking about titles there at Woburn, but we did one at Woburn. And, and when I've even watched scrambles on YouTube, I know lads from Good Good do it and Bob does, it's got, they've got nice feels to them, haven't they? Well, uh, they have, and also we'd be a little bit hypocritical to be saying about the PJ Tour being the same every week if all of your videos every week were dead serious stroke play. It's nice to have that mix, isn't it? Yeah, so there's a few there. There's kind of like rounds where I felt like I had real control of the golf ball and it felt like, you know, it was, it was, I was, I was, the practice and the hard work was starting to pay off. There's rounds that are just iconic at Crail with Iona where it was just like, Everything just seemed to be going well, and the golf was good, and she was great. Her golf was good, my golf was good. It kind of it worked out as a great video. And then, like I say, more recently, kind of our break seventy five, uh, break sixty five, where it feels yeah. like there's that team element, and and I, that's why I like. I used to love doubles match play. Yeah, me too. For that, because it feels like you're part of a team, and it's like, come on, like let's. Because golf is so individual, mm-hmm. so much of the time, isn't it? That. Yeah. You never really have that team element to it. What's mad is, it doesn't have to be, does it? It doesn't have to think about it by its nature. Yeah, you're hitting a golf shot. 
But we've just created formats where typically most time you play on your own, but there could be so much. I know college golf is very much a team game that you play on your own, yeah, but your scores all count, whatever, or the best four of six, whatever count. But like there could actually be so many elements, like you said, where you have literally alternate shots or you play a hole, then I play the next hole, player three plays the next hole, and it all counts to one score. Yeah. I think there's probably the only other one, which oddly as well is kind of a team when I played uh, Sawgrass with Nick the caddy. Yeah. Because that, again, felt like a team. Yeah, exactly. We had beautiful weather. The golf course was spectacular. I played nicely. And it felt like he was part of the team. Mm. Like, it felt nice that, like, it's not just all on you all the time. I get it. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of little standout ones. And yeah. an Augusta National when I played Augusta National, yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. It's a bit of a random one today. Fine, that. Don't worry about it. Um, it's fine. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Yeah. I'm not sure about today's episode. Okay. How, how can I reach... If I'm going to rank it... Yeah. From personally, it, it's it's struggling to get five stars Wow. I thought it was about ten. Five stars. Five I'll, stars. I'll deal with that. It's yeah. a, it's a mm, three and a half. Could three. do better. Okay, wow. I'd go four. But it's not me rating it. It's you guys. If you've not rated the podcast yet, yeah. be sure to rate it. Only rate it five stars. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Loads of content coming soon. Do not worry nothing's happened just lots of things have happened just remind me one more time what brand are your new shoes oh got that on the table as well echo these are a bit dirty yeah, echo no. i rode my bike in them this weekend which is a mistake wow. in my golf shoes you're always wearing echo thanks i am <laughs> quite literally right guys thanks everyone stay tuned lots more to come and we'll see you next This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.